writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, David Allen Lucas, writer of science fiction, horror, mystery, and poetry. And we're recording live from STL Books and Kirkwood, Missouri. And with me today is my co-host... Kathleen Cayembe, publishing um, Paranormal Romance under the pen name Kaseka and Vita, and Liker of Crazy Things. I'm Jennifer Solzer. I'm a fantasy author and illustrator. I'm Melanie Kulani, writer of science fiction, fantasy, and nonfiction. Okay, and today we're going to talk about breaking the block. One of the crazy things we do to break writer's block. Well, I'll start it off. This is not exactly super crazy, but one thing I'll do to when I realize I'm in writer's block is I will go start to throw darts. Now, by the way, warning to anybody, do not let me pull you into a dart game where we are playing for money because I will take your shirt. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that now? Because now they'll never put you in a dart game for yeah, money. That's because I don't like to gamble anyway, so... But you could have won. Yeah. So is part of your your dart throwing also having a few beers, so then you can sucker some people into money money darts? No, no, no. I would. I would be nice thought. No, and that's me. Go, that's me going out. No. Um, uh-huh. I'll throw darts, and what will happen is I will hit the triple twenties or right around the triple twenty a lot. Now they know your score. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he dropped it. But when the block he starts breaking, or my arm starts getting tired, one of the two, mm-hmm. my darts start. Missing the triple twenties, they start going a little ways, a little ways, and finally, when the idea is finally broken all the way through, yeah, I'm not hitting the dartboard anymore. So, <laughs> anybody around me don't want to be around at that point in time. Poor Bertha the cat. <laughs> Bertha, Bert, you just picked Bertha because Bertha yes. sounded like a large cat that you could hit. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, yeah, nope. In real life, no cat has ever been hurt by this technique. Or Bertha. Yeah. No Bertha's so, ever been hurt by this technique. Or Bertha. Yes. So. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I just broke the David. <laughs> the crazy things we do to break writer's block is let Kathleen talk for a little while. That it's also worked. She'll That'll, take us down rabbit trails we didn't know we were headed. That'll break a sanity block. <laughs> and, all, and on the serious side, if you look at the bookshelves of, it, of a lot of bookstores, or you read in the writer or the writer's digest or poets and writers and so forth, you'll read various articles about people doing whatever it is to break writer's block. Right while naked. <laughs> yep. That definitely might inspire it? things. No. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys thought I was joking. No. Um, that's actually a suggestion I've read in um, a book, probably one of the smut writing books. Mm. But basically, it's to get you in a different frame of mind. And being as people are generally clothed all the time, mm-hmm. taking off all of your clothes and then trying to write is going to feel a little different. So and no it might one, jog your brain in different No one else here writes in the bathtub? No, I think my computer would not be too happy with that idea. You just set it on the toilet. Still. There are desks. There are desks for that, though, for reading, too, in the bath. Wow. 
I'm, I'm still getting over, I'm still getting over the naked this? writing part. Okay. The naked writing at least sounds reasonably comfortable. It depends on where you're sitting. And if there's see. a draft. <laughs> or a window. <laughs> or a dog or, or a cat. Or a witness. <laughs> <laughs> Including the dogs and cats. Yes. Yeah, fortunately they can't say anything. But they stare. Oh, yeah. They have no inhibitions. And they no. can't howl they out their pain. They don't have the right, the uh, foreknowledge to be embarrassed. Yeah, we're a little loopy today. Yes, okay, are, speaking are, of being loopy, my, uh, yes. my favorite way, there's other techniques of getting over writer's block I use sometimes, but my most common one is you just write anything, including the, the, quick, the quick red fox jumped over the lazy brown dog. You know, you really? just type to type. Uh-huh. Okay. And as you're typing, sooner or later you get bored of typing that, so you come up with something else to write. So it's like free free form writing. You just mm-hmm. it's free writing. You, you you start you know, you start like in the Jack Nich- Nicholson mur- uh, red room or murder or whatever <laughs> over and over again until something you know, until you make your word count. No <laughs> work and no play no, makes Jack and no boy. Yes. Natalie Goldberg. Thank you, Stephen King. That. Uh-huh. Yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, but, yeah, Stephen King. But what I find is mo- my most effective writing times mm-hmm. are actually when I'm tired. My inhibitions go down then. True. Ah. So I don't. I imagine some people do the same thing with one or two drinks. That doesn't work for me because of other issues. Mm-hmm. I don't. My stomach doesn't like alcohol. But you know, being tired has some of the same effect. I do some of my best writing at four a.m. Of course, I do some of my worst spelling at four a.m. <laughs> Spelling? What's that? That's what yeah. spell check is for. <laughs> well, see, that's that's another thing that helps with writer's block. You switch from the computer to a notepad. Notepads, especially if you're writing with a pen, you can't erase. You don't yes. correct your spelling. If you want to change something, you cross it out and you keep going. But it's still I've getting your hand moving. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard that technique because it feel you for some reason the, the tactile feel of the writing versus the typing right. on the keyboard. I think it's kind of the same idea also of writing naked. It changes your yeah. perspective. Putting yeah. yourself in different situations can help things. I thought that your your story, you said you were writing a story because you were blocked and you needed to do be, something different. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so changing to a different story, that helps. Sometimes. What exactly was the thing that you had done, though? Because was it plotting and pantsing? Something new? Yeah, okay, so I am a plotter. Mm-hmm. I am still a plotter. I tried to be a pantser. I failed. But the you book try. I'm writing now is much, much less plotting than usual. Mm-hmm. But in my old book, I was spending all my time world building, all my time researching. I, you know, the plot's done. I actually wrote out a good draft of it, sort of, or maybe a bad draft of it, as the case may be, but I, draft of it. but I kind of felt not ready to address it again. Mm-hmm. So I decided, let's work on character development. So let's write a, um, a drawer novel, Ooh. a novel that I have, at least until it's finished, I have absolutely no intention of doing anything with it. I don't care if it's commercial, I don't care if it sounds like somebody else's work, I don't care if no one else will like it but me. It's just writing for me. Not to say that I don't want it to be good, no, although no, no. this first draft... But that's not the point for yeah. this one, yeah? My, my point is to get better at character interactions and that type <laughs> of thing, which I'm not... <laughs> this first draft, again, is still a first draft and it's still bad, but... Dude, the first time you mentioned rough. that, though, it blew my mind. I was like... That is perfect. <laughs> because usually what stops me from writing is other people's voices in my head or opinions that other people may or may not have. And just thinking, oh, is this, 
is this something that I can publish because I need to make money because otherwise I'm not a writer mm-hmm. or otherwise I'm not official or whatever. Well, I'm thinking heard, about other people's thoughts. I just heard a great story okay. about that. I don't remember the writer's name, but she wrote Passage. And she wrote it as a drawer novel. It is a genre-crossing novel that often gets sold as romance, but it's not just romance. It involves time travel, but it's not just fantasy time travel. It's also a period piece. I mean, it's it starts in World War II, and then the heroine travels back in time to uh, Scotland a few hundred years further into the past. So it's, you know, historical fiction, too. It, but um, they're now making a series on it on the Stars Network, which I don't have. Um, <laughs> but right. um, anyway, the point is, these are very well-selling books now. I'm not exactly sure how she ever got them published because they don't fit neatly into one genre. <laughs> she looked her way into someone who's willing to see beyond uh, the genre shelf lines. Yeah. Yeah. And the point is, the, but she wrote for the no- she wrote for the shelf though, like okay. the no a drawer. Sorry, she wrote for the drawer, and then after it was written, decided to try and get it published. I wish I had that mindset for everything. <laughs> I really do, because I feel like I would do so much more writing than I do, and. Before, when I had that mindset, I did so much more writing than I do right now. Well, I think that's sometimes what tosses up writer's block into our, into people's faces is that we're we're trying too hard, or mm-hmm. we're scared of what we're writing, or that we're trying to write because the IRS has told us, okay, you know what, you're supposedly a writer, you've been taking off for taxes, let's see some money coming in. Mm-hmm. See, that's the advantage of having a day job and thinking of writing as a hobby. There are disadvantages to that, but that's the advantage. That's actually why I liked um, the idea of having a day job and writing for myself, because it took my ego out of it. And as much as other writers have the desire to write full-time, I know I can't do that. I need to be doing something else so the writing can just be far less stressful. Well, even people who fun. write full-time don't do that. They're making their money through speaking, speaking engagements yes. and editing or copywriting on the side and stuff like that. So getting or back teaching. to our topic, it yeah, seems writing. like the point is don't care too much is a way yeah. to get over writer's block. No, that's too one much way. pressure on you. Pressure, yes. The trick is, of course, remembering um, that whatever draft you're working on, you can fix it. You can go back and rewrite it. Just get it down. As long as it's down, you can right. fix it. One, thing, one of the Kind of a crazy thing I do when trying to break writer's block. Actually, when I get started writing on a novel, I've mentioned this in some previous episodes before. It's something I stole from David Morrell, who is an author of, say, like Rambo, and he's also written other books. And I'm sorry, David, even in your book on writing, you talk about how everybody remembers the Rambo one. Yeah. You wish everyone else would remember other ones, and my mind just went blank. Yeah. But what he does, and I take full advantage of this with talking to my computer since my name is David I go by Dave Dave with a computer and of course I call the computer Hal mm-hmm. is I sit there and have a conversation with my computer and it kind of goes like this Hal hello Dave and I'll respond back hello Hal good morning what is on your mind today Dave and it goes like that it starts off as random conversation such as what you were talking about, Melanie, is you sit there and you just start typing away random stuff. And eventually what will turn into is, I want to talk about a story idea I have. Blah, blah, blah. Or I want to talk about where I'm at in this story and I'm stuck. And the whole entire role of how in this dialogue 
is occurring, which right now sure us psychologists are writing down going, science that you are nuts, um, is... You're a writer. It's yeah, I know, it's accepted. how things are. How is... His whole purpose is to ask questions and to constantly ask questions. And not just the question of, oh, and then what happens? And then what happens? No. It's questions like, why is this important, Dave? What are you trying to get at, Dave? What is the important thing behind this, Dave? Does Why this talking it head make me look cabbagey, Dave? Yes, it does. Very good. <laughs> yeah, Thank she's you, got Dave. very. Ca- yes, Kathleen's giving me a cabbage head. So, uh, <coughs> Jennifer, do you what is a cabbage head? You tell me. You came up with it. I didn't come up with the cabbage heading. It was. But I am the person who asks questions, whether or not I know what they mean. Which is why it was called cabbage head. Yeah, my name is Turkey, and I think, but I don't know. I sorry. What was the turkey? Don't listen to the turkey. Okay. Okay, but the cabbage head, I'm assuming, is a reference to Cabbage Patch Dolls, but I don't no. know if that's the case. No, I think I it's think just so. being that you're, you know, your head is full of... Nothing. Yeah, it's an error. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so what are some other crazy things? You're, you, Jennifer... I do lots and lots and lots of things when I'm... Yes, you do. ...writing stories, making stories. Um, you, I write at the computer, and then when I run into a problem... Um, I tend to go as far away from what I'm used to as possible. Give so, me an example. Well, um, in the project I'm working on right now, I didn't know how to proceed, so I took a notebook and I w- went for a walk in the park. I just dropped everything I was doing. I was dressed for a meeting. I just left my outer vestments in the car, <laughs> walked in shirt sleeves in, in Queenie Park, and just wrote down whatever came into my head as I was thinking. But I surrounded myself with an environment that I wasn't planning to go to that day. And that let my brain go other places. I also like to write in various colors. I write lots of colors. I have a big chest full of multicolored gel pens. And I write uh, on construction paper in gel pens to help me think outside the box. I make a lot of lists. I make a lot of charts, pluses and minuses. If I run into a problem like... Uh, should ghosts be able to pick up physical objects? Plus and minus chart. Yes, they should. Here's all the reasons why they should pick up physical objects. This is the reason why they shouldn't. And that all has to do with lore and plot and things. And before long, I figured out my problem by doing it that way. I also draw lots and lots of pictures. One of which she's drawing now, and it's really pretty. I draw lots of pictures. But I draw pictures a lot to get myself in the zone. Uh-huh. So even before I start writing, I tend to draw what I used to call napkin art. Because I would go to Caldi's which is a coffee house in town, and I would get a Sharpie or a pen or something and a, a napkin and just draw whatever character I'm going to be writing about, and that gets me in the zone so that I can then go to the computer and write about that character. It's funny that you said that, using that to get you in the zone. I think some people, are, I'm pretty sure a lot of people around the table have heard me say this, but I think others have heard me say that I use poetry as my jumping jacks hmm. to get started. And sometimes that's what I'll do is I'll start... I'll go for a walk, I'll see something that generates a poem, I'll start writing a poem, and then then by the time I get done with that and get that tossed out of my mouth onto the page, Mm -hmm. then I will be able to sit down and be able to write the story that I'm working on, whatever I'm at. Those remind me of prompts, which are a big thing for me. Um, I actually have... A book of prompts in my bag because prompts, prompts, prompts. I lose it a write in. Yeah. So <laughs> this one is the writer's book of matches, a thousand and one prompts to ignite your fish, your fiction. 
Um, and these are all just completely random fun. And granted, these are all things that other people have come up with, but another thing I like to do is make lists of characters and situations and objects and then like roll a die because I'm totally a, a tabletop gamer and um, roll a die to figure out what the official situation is going to be. Like who's going to be the character, the uh, wrench in the, pro- in the character's life and um, maybe another person who's in there or an object that has to be involved. Um, NPR did this thing in three minute fiction mm-hmm. where they would read the winning story on the radio so it had to be two to three minutes they had a pretty relatively short word list I think it was about a thousand words mm-hmm. but um, they always had a theme and started with some sort of prompt and I think the judge came up with the prompt one of them that I, turns into um, a really good writing exercise for me is they gave you five words and you had to use all five words in the story didn't matter how they were used, didn't even matter the definition of the words, as long as, you know, they were used. And I was just thinking, I came up with a whole list of words, and I just, <laughs> throwing dice, picked five words from the list at random. So then I have this, you know, list of 20 or so sets of five words that I could, you know, if I were short, come up with a story. Use those five words. A couple of things that, going with dice, I'm, I wanted to look up, make sure I had the guy's name correctly. There was an author for a while, very well-known science fiction author, who, towards the high part of his career, at least towards the end of his career anyway, before he, sadly, he committed suicide, um, that was doing a lot of his stories based on dice rolls. And that was Philip K. Dick. That explains so much. <laughs> um, another thing is, one of my favorite. I've mentioned on other Right Pack Radio episodes, one of my favorite hero authors, if you will, is um, Earl Stanley Gardner. And he had a way, this is the way he made his plots. I'm a little bit off topic with this as far as crazy things break bread, but, but really not. Mm-hmm. Is he had plot machines that he had spinners and he had numbers on these spinners, and then each number correlated with a element that was in the story. Mm-hmm. And I use, that, I use that to learn how to do mystery plots. The Brainstormer app is kind of like that. It's it's basically all just ways of... Oh, I love it. Um, There was it for a while. I don't know if it's still on the web. A Star Trek plot generator app. I love plot generators and character generators. I love that they fight crime one. Hmm. Like, this person's a whatever, whatever, whatever weirdo dude. This one's a whatever, whatever, whatever other thing. This is a website? They fight crime. They fight (laughs) crime.com. Okay. I I don't know what the site is officially, but like, they fight crime plot generator. Um, Whoever I, they are, they just end up fighting crime together. Yes. And it can be quite interesting figuring out how they would fight crime together. <laughs> this one's a whack job. <laughs> she's mad a Wiccan, she's a nun. They fight crime. Oh, uh, there would be more things. Turns out, turns out they fight crime.net. There oh, we my go. goodness. Good job um, looking that up. Thank you. Real fast, one thing that I'm going to go with another way I break writer's block myself. And if I'm looking for an idea in our a story prompt. Mm-hmm. And I will admit, I'm a thief. Uh-huh. I have stolen people's pictures. Now, that individual people pictures. But, <laughs> like, for example, photos from NASA. Um, pictures, drawings that maybe Jennifer has done that she's posted on the net. And other other favorite, favorite illustrators of mine. And other ones who I've never met before. But mm-hmm. I'll download and save them to my computer. Now, 
I do this with the store knowledge, A, technically I've stolen them, but B, I'm never using them outside of what I'm going to do, which is I will let a slideshow run with the <coughs> almost 10,000 uh, pictures I have. Oh, my. And one of them They're will generate a, <laughs> generate a story. Now, some of those pictures, actually, I took, too, so I no. throw myself into them. That sounds normal. Yeah. It's an inspiration It's not folder. necessarily stealing one. unless it's you're not. not to public domain. People put them on the internet, you know, that they're there to be looked at. Right. Mm -hmm. It's different if you're printing them on t-shirts. I would call that yeah, stealing. Exactly. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. I don't you're use them outside of You're just creating an offline log of them for it's personal reference. Folder. Right. Now, uh, the story I was pantsing, or the story I'm currently writing, I was having trouble figuring out where the story was going because I'm not a pantser, but it was really boring and I could write stuff that seemed like nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I just had to sit down and figure out, okay, what is this character trying to do? I knew where the story was trying to go, but okay. like, why does she want to go there? Uh -huh. And what happens to get her there? So basically, I needed to plot. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing that like, you know, I take a walk or I go to a mm -hmm. park or I go to a cafe I haven't been to in a long time or before or something. Yeah, you know, I needed inspiration, so instead of writing at Caldi's or writing at Panera or writing at Starbucks, I went to the Target. Target has a, a Starbucks there with seats. It's oh. an extremely different environment than where you and would otherwise have go. And they have Wi-Fi, so it was a good place to go. And I just took a pencil and pen, and I just wrote some, some lists and things out and drew some pictures, and it helped me out. At least you try to have seating area. I never knew they had the co like coffee and the Wi-Fi. Uh, Starbucks has... Starbucks and Target and Schnooks, which is a local grocery mm -hmm. store, it tends to have a Caldi's kiosk yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, Schnooks and yeah. Yeah. Deerberg says Caldi's too, I think. <laughs> I have Deerberg a list says of its stuff. Own. Yeah. List of stuff? Yes. All right, I'm going to run through this. Go for okay. it. Okay. All right. So it sounds like change up the setting, mm -hmm. your setting, or. Your physical location. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your physical location or the physical materials you're using. So, like, computer to pen or pen to computer. Colors. Yes. I'm really, like, being a visual person, colors are a really big deal. Either drawing on colored paper or drawing with colored pens or markers. If there's a marker that writes differently than a normal pen, that's why I use a gel pen mm -hmm. or a Sharpie or microns or something, drawing pencils and things. It's the, all that tangible, tactile change. If you're bilingual, write in a different language. That's a good idea. That's an idea I'm jealous I of. <laughs> I don't think I speak any other language well enough to try and write it. <laughs> write it in I don't either. I wonder if anyone writes their ideas in elite speak from the 90s. <laughs> uh, we all have our own personal shorthand, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, change up your setting or your medium. Um, prompts, words, arts, well, art of many kinds and stuff. Fandom prompt tables. If you're me, story starters. Oh, I heard of something, especially if you're in the editing stage. Mm -hmm. Go through. Obviously, don't make this your... Own, do this on a copy, not your original. <laughs> but purposely, try and make your work worse. That's, That's one of the things on my list. Oh, Write something okay. purposely terrible. Yeah, It's um, harder to do than you think to do it on purpose. It's it fun, hurt. though. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's fun. It breaks your brain in the best way. I was at... Um, a uh, smut writing workshop a month ago or so uh -huh. and the first exercise we did I had a prompt that I liked so I tried to write something for it and I kept on getting stopped and bogged down in all of the 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 build up to everything who are these characters what blah blah, blah. and the point was we were just supposed to write a quick dirty smut scene whatever uh -huh. oh. 
I never actually got to the smut. I was too busy second-guessing myself and trying to figure out a different <laughs> angle, no pun intended, at <laughs> oh, which to attack the story. Sure. <laughs> oh, it would have been. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's me. Unintentionally dirty. Sometimes. Which is why you weren't smut. Yeah. And then the next exercise we did was to write purposely the most terrible, terrible smut we could. And there are things like... um bad smut bingo tables that uh-huh. just have all the worst, most cliche things ever you will find in any romance story. And uh, trying to put all those in was just hilarious. Mm. I was laughing the entire time and it kept going. <laughs> so that got me writing a lot more than trying to write something wonderful. Uh-huh. And I think it actually turned out pretty okay. Funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Smuttily enough. <laughs> and I'm almost afraid to follow that because this is clean, unfortunately, compared to smut. That's okay, I can dirty it. And I'm sure you can. You're anyway, <laughs> there are two things else I'll do that, will, that I'll use to break writer's block. They're not exactly super crazy. Mm-hmm. One is I will sit back and listen quietly to classical or to theatrical music. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say theatrical, if anybody wants to get ideas, pop on YouTube, look for immediate music, Two Steps from Hell, those are two bands right off the bat that you'll listen to a little bit of their music. You can listen to idea of why I like to listen to. Uh, min, uh, movie trailer music. Music, um, right. Movie trailer music, which is theatrical. Yeah, yeah. The stuff to get your midnight, blood pumping. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking midnight, on that. Midnight Symphony, I forget. Oh, the other thing I do, and this actually takes a lot more effort, not physical, more mental effort, hmm. is I'll meditate. And what I'll do with my meditation is I will clear my mind completely of all thoughts, turn it into basically a quiet pond where I treat all my thoughts like leaves that just float away. (laughs) I don't engage them. I knew they existed, but I'm ignoring them. They go away and just focus on clearing my mind. Usually after about a good 20 minutes of that, then I then I will go, oh, wait a minute. Why am I? Why didn't I think of this before? And there Mm -hmm. is all going. Because I think sometimes what happens, at least with me being ADHD the way I am, is other things will come in and start to muddy up my proverbial waters as to what I'm trying to focus on. Now now I can't see anything anymore. Go ahead. That's what uh, free writing does for me. Um, because there's no way I could actually like hold a meditation, much less start one <laughs> on my own without someone else guiding me and bringing me back. But free writing gets all the thoughts in my head onto the paper, and eventually, like a page and a half in, um, what I actually am thinking comes out. The the stuff that's not me finally is cleared out. Gotcha. That's why Julia Cameron suggests doing morning pages in the morning, mm. lower inhibitions, and it gets your day started off that way. You know where you are, not just where everything else in your head is. Right, and you've also been productive if you have to go do your daytime job day job after you get done writing, hey, you've at least accomplished something for the day. What do you do if your block is not for a current project, but for getting started at all? So that's where I go back to the two, two things, which I'm actually three things I've mentioned. One is going through my pictures. Mm-hmm. Art, yes. And just let, just let a screen let it go through. Sometimes included in that is watching various TV shows or listening to old-time radio dramas. Especially listening to old-time radio dramas because that proverbial screen is on is on the inside of your brain. 
and you're, that's where you're already being stimulated with your with your imagination. Number two is my Hal Dave conversation that I stole from David Morrell. Um, third thing is the meditation. Well, and then there's the, a lot of the writing exercises. Um, again, just picking five words at random, maybe that would give you the kernel of the story. But there's a whole lot of other ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I was thinking of... Um, for example, some of the plots is they give you the first sentence. So take mm. the first sentence of one of your favorite books from your favorite authors it and start the writing there and uh, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah, that's what, uh, for me, that's what drawing pictures is for. Because I'm, uh, in my heart, I'm a bit of a literary person, even though I deny it vehemently as I write genre fiction. Um, but everything is character-driven, so I have to consider my characters, figure out what they're wearing, figure out what their face looks like, what their hair looks like, how they interact with the other characters in the story. And if I draw pictures, usually I end up drawing them hugging each other, and then I'm ready to write. But it's all about, you know, a new story, a new project usually hinges on two people and how they feel about each other. So once I get that down, I have the energy to continue on with the story and plotting things. That's what my inspiration folder, People's Faces, does for me. And I have a file that um, every time I come up with a random idea that I think would make a good story. Uh, one of them is just a line for a plot. I have no idea what story it is, but I think it's the, some, the, the Learning of China or something. But I just heard it. I think it was a title of something else. I just thought it was a neat title, so I just wrote it down. So I can go to my idea folder mm-hmm. and see if anything grabs my attention. Two other things which I do, and one I meant to mention before is listening to classical or theatrical music. The reason why I listen to that, I cannot, I cannot listen to that while I'm doing my daytime job. Hmm. Because my mind, when it starts to hear that type of music, automatically starts painting pictures in my head. So I, And thus, those will lead to stories. Mm-hmm. Which my people paying me for doing my daytime job don't want me to do. You can't <laughs> imagine why. Um, the other thing which I'll do is I will go through news, for proverbial newspaper headings. And what I mean by that is, since I write science fiction and mystery... I'll, I will go through Scientific American, I will go through Red Orbit, I will go through Discovery, or I'll look at um, BBC or CNN, and so forth, and just start looking, what's going on in the world? What's going on science-wise? What's going on world-wise? Mankind doesn't change, so as far as coming up with an idea of how someone could kill somebody, and you know, or why, I should say, not surprised. <laughs> but they'll come up with something, um, maybe so there's been some new discovery, and sadly... With the way I think, I'm like, hmm, how could that be turned to crime? And there mm-hmm. I start going. It is so good that you use your powers for good. Yes. yes. Otherwise, I would be wearing brown or orange or... Was that Moriarty? What? Yeah, thank mm. you. Um, your mentioning of headlines and stuff reminded me of an exercise I did a few years ago. It was that same thing, but with tabloids. And what you were looking for was the most outlandish, ridiculous tabloid headings ever and then you were to write a story about that since the tabloids are all fiction anyway it's a good place to start i had a genie story it was great fun (laughs) so did you write a story about the two-headed hound dog elvis baby that was born of mother Teresa? no i didn't see that story darn there you go can we name it bertha and bob because bertha is apparently a name that's staying today yeah apparently (laughs) This will be known as the birthday episode. (laughs) But, oh, another thing, speaking of headlines, read the comments. 
people leave on things. Oh. If your heart can stand it. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes there's this whole story and, um, okay, Yahoo News is mm-hmm. an aggregator. They don't actually write, but there's a huge variety in, let's just say, the quality of reporting. Yeah. <laughs> and they often get facts wildly wrong. Uh-huh. But the thing is, some of the comments realize people cannot read, some people cannot read between the lines of stories. Even the people that read the article, a whole lot of people just read the headlines and then comment. Uh-huh. But even if they read the article, and this is something that really happened a while ago, and it happened locally, so I actually, you know, the St. Louis Post Dispatch, I looked it up and found out what happened. But uh-huh. Someone was checking into the Parkview Hotel, and the uh, the car was stolen with the baby inside, and it was like 2 a.m. Hmm. What was the baby doing in the car at 2 a.m.? Exactly, and a lot of people <laughs> were saying, what kind of mother does this? What you don't know, what I knew right away, the Parkview Hotel is exactly one block from Children's Hospital. Oh. Most of the people that stay there, oh, this was Sunday night. Most of the people that stay there are family or patients or associated with the hospital. So I could instantly paint in my head the picture of what happened. Parent with a disabled child, and they did mention that she had a feeding tube, Mm -hmm. waited till after rush hour traffic, maybe even got her other kids off to bed, Mm -hmm. then drove with the baby Sunday night for a Monday morning appointment. And she didn't take the baby into the check-in with her because the baby was asleep in the car car seat Mm. and didn't want to wake up the baby because, you know, go in, check out, come back in, drive around, and park. So, I mean, I could instantly draw the picture of what happened there. But reading through that was just so entertaining. And, again, I just made a little story in my head that I'm actually reasonably confident that the general outlines are true. But, you know, Uh you could... You could come up with, you could build a whole story off of that. Yeah, what the baby was doing in the car at 2 a.m. and who stole it and how did they respond when they realized there was a child in the car that they stole? Well, actually, I, I know how they responded. They abandoned the car with the kid in it. <laughs> um, I think, Zotzi? I'm not sure if that's the name of the movie. Which one? There's a movie about a, a guy who um, steals a car and then he realizes there's a baby in it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, these things are inspiring to people. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they are. Um, or like the latest um, thing about being able to print people's minds inside of circuit boards. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I need to read that story, article. That's a short story coming. So. Uh, that's Dollhouse. That is Dollhouse. Thank you, Joss Whedon. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, those whole circuit board things. The application of science fiction, the circuit boards exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, stuff that is out there that is true. Mm-hmm. Strange facts. Cool facts. And you can go either science fiction or just plain old fiction. You could yeah, even go or. fantasy. You know, if a fairy was walking through, how would you get anyone to believe you? Uh-huh. Um, that's because fairies are just fun and it's messing with you. What'd yeah. you do? What'd your parents do? So. <laughs> are you a fairy? Do you know you're half fae? <laughs> I, I think right there you just hit on one of the big things about writer's blocks. I think we get stuck in writer blocks. Because we stop asking the most important question, which every single one of us should always ask. Why? You're close. Oh. How? What is it? What if? What if? Well, this is for fiction writing. Yeah, for fiction writing, not Mm. for journalism. I'm sorry, not for, yeah, that can be fiction too. (laughs) Well, and I was also thinking of biographies and like cookbooks and... What if Lincoln was a vampire hunter? No, oh, oh, there were zombies and... Pride and Prejudice. Same author did that one. How strange that. Mm-hmm. What if a vampire and a human could oh. fall in love? 
That's been done so many times. Yes, it has. Speaking of which, actually, this is something that I believe Jim Butcher got from somebody else mm -hmm. that Dave told me about. Mm -hmm. But come up with your two favorite things and combine them. Or come up with two things don't have to be your favorites. As crazy as you want or as different as you want and combine them. That's I love what a dice good, are for. I love a good crossover. Yeah, yeah. both Let's of... take a moment to talk about how fandom might help. Thank you. Oh, fandom well, actually, is a real thing. Oh, yes, it is. I'm going to borrow Jim Butcher and that's going to fall right to your fandom, I think. Go for it. Um, the stories, if I remember how he told it, and I'm, that, I'm going to give you a short version, is he was in college, he was learning from a genre writer, which got out where was that person when I was in college, uh -huh. and he didn't want to believe what this teacher was telling him. So that teacher challenged him, said, okay, take some of your favorite things and throw it together as a story. And he took Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because he was a fan. Uh -huh. He took a few other things and out came. I think Lord of, Lord of the Rings was one of them, but don't hold that to me. Because yeah. my memory's not positive. But out of that came the Dresden Files. Then he had a posted on his blog um, that he was wanting... Uh, a couple of ideas for another series. And he said he was going to post it, I think he was going to post the original story online <laughs> just for the heck of it. And somebody said, okay, first off, Roman Legions. Lost Roman Legion. Legion. And he's like, okay, really? Every single Roman Legion that's been lost has been found by now. But all right, what's the other one? And the guy gave him Pokemon. <laughs> And out of that came his brand new series. Which it's not brand new anymore. Well, it's not brand it's new like anymore. four or five books in. It's compared to, compared to Dresden Files' brand new series of mm -hmm. uh, books about a Roman legion with dealing with the Furies, where the Furies are based on Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I thought the Roman legion was going to come out of the Pokeball. No. I was really excited. That is Roman a monster Legions, Pokemon. Pokemon. Oh, actually, actually, he, came, actually, he took the idea, of the idea of Pokemon they, they into Shintoism, mm -hmm. which then led to the Furies, which, yeah. Uh, a whole speaking thing, yeah. of genre writing, here's something that I, okay, I'll admit it, I actually did it, do it, whatever, um, but... Uh, wait, 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 hold on. You did or you don't? I do do this. You do. Okay, good. And it's a good place to start. Keep going. But admitting it is, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> admitting it is always the first step. Yes. <laughs> okay, but no, write an actual fanfic with somebody else's character in someone else's universe. Agreed. It's a now, good exercise. No, that's a good exercise, but... Then you start changing things, or you start going on with a story, and you start changing things, and you keep changing things. Notice how many times I'm saying changing. Mm -hmm. Now, at some point, you'll get to it where you give it to someone. Don't tell them that it started out with fanfic. They read it. They have to have read the fanfic you based it on. I mean, they have to have read the original. But mm -hmm. if they don't recognize it as fanfic, you're good to go. It's yours. That's actually something that I noticed I was doing in um, fanfic writing when I was nearing the end of my time in that fandom, mm -hmm. I would notice that I, I was going from, like, what happened in between this book and that one to, you know, maybe a little bit AU, maybe a little more AU. maybe uh, alternate in, universe. Yes. AU, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, or, thank you, because I'm thinking astronomical your, units. Sorry. Yeah, you and your, nope. your fanfic talk, your fandom speak. Sorry, guys. It's okay, yeah, I understand. That time I turned into Cabotet. But the point where the only thing in common is the characters' names... And some personality bits. It's yeah, a, it's that's a, yours. But it's enough. So basically, that, if you change the names and give it to someone else, that's a. So if you write something in the Buffy universe, you change the names, you give it to someone that's a big fan of Buffy, and they don't recognize it as Buffy fanfic, it's yours. Well, the. Uh, and that's how Fifty Shades of Grey got. No, I'm going to make a, a. Twilight. 
an aside for Fifty Shades. Um, oh, please. Fifty Shades is a different monster altogether because of the Twilight monster. fan monster. fiction <laughs> you know, you know, community that it sprang out of. I just read a Reddit mm-hmm. uh, post about this. I need to find out who... I'll link to that post on the Facebook group, I suppose. Yes. Um, but the... Fifty Shades is different because it was not only derivative of Twilight, it was very different than Twilight, but it was derivative of a bunch of other fanfics being posted at the time. Right. So, so it was derivative of other alternate universe fanfics. That that's one reason why it's kind of shaky to say that it's like, oh, and you'll be like Fifty Shades. You don't want to be like Fifty Shades because Fifty Shades is not original. They didn't change that much. You know, E.L. James didn't change all that much. She borrowed from a lot of fellow fanfickers and... Stole directly from them and turned it into her published yeah, novel. But speaking of Fifty Shades of Grey, I haven't read either that or Twilight, but I bet if you could find someone in the world that hasn't heard of either of them, have them read Twilight and have them read Fifty Shades of Grey, you wouldn't you recognize some similarities, but you wouldn't recognize one as being a ripoff of the other. The well, write what you know mm-hmm. and um, Jim Butcher's exercise of taking mm-hmm. different things you love and mashing them up, I feel like are the same thing. Yeah. Like they're no no no. I mean, right, the idea is the same. And combining two things. Is what you love, you tend to know about though. Like Not reading all of the genre fiction. But you ever. know about a whole lot of things that you don't love. Yes. And besides, do you really know about fantasy or you know science fiction? Because you know, I've never been to space. Let's put it this way: you know way. the genre. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading book series right now. It'll go unnamed. Um, in which I suspect that I love the characters a whole bunch more than the author does. Mm. I feel like I know some of these people. Like, I feel like I know them deep, deep down well enough that I could write a whole story just about them. Mm. That's where fanfic kind of breeds. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you wanted to write as a, just a fun thing, uh, Mm. a story about Alfred the Butler on an adventure... Uh, before long, Alfred the Butler is not going to look like Alfred the Butler any longer. Mm-hmm. He's going to become your character. Just because he was inspired by the tropes that are in inside Alfred the Butler, uh, he's got he's going to grow and change until he's someone else, and then you can give him a new name and he can become your character. Oh, by the way, for those of, since this is radio, uh, Jin uh, recently drew a picture of someone that looks remarkably like a butler. Yeah, well, I have a butler character. He's not Alfred, but yeah. I do have a butler character in my ghost story. Yeah. He's dead, by the way. He's a ghost. <laughs> that's another way to break writer's block. The butler did it? Oh. He did not it's, commit suicide. Don't worry. But no, I was going to say it's dead. a play with other people's universes or see what you like about something and take it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one way to break it. Fan, yes. Fandom. I brought fandom up as a possible... Uh, writer's block breaker because fandom comes with the fabulous uh, aspect of having an entire world already built for you. So you get to play within that world for a little while without the pressure of thinking about all the logistics of your own world. Someone else is taking care of that for you, frees your mind to think about character and adventure and plot, and it kind of eases all of that stress off so that you can think more creatively. You also can't legally publish it so uh, that's that's complicated but yeah no for fanfic fanfic you can't yes. legally publish. True. can't publish it and make money so it takes off that pressure of the ego like i have to well make a point the 50 shades did get sued by stephanie meyer's camp for being derivative of twilight and 50 shades lost and had to change more things inside the book 
in order Not to... Not much more. And also well, public but still, domain the point is, is yeah. The point is that you can't publish fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> Without the permission of the original author, or the people who hold the copyright. I'm, I'm thinking of a deal that Amazon has going. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's with Veronica Mars. The, you okay. know, you can write basically fanfic and publish and you actually get some money but Amazon's figured out some special loophole-y things though for the most part Mm -hmm. for most fandoms I'm just pointing out there are a few exceptions okay so it helps take the the pressure off as far as like I need to make money from this other people are gonna like it needs to be perfect whatever it's just for instant yeah you can give yourself a deadline Sometimes that helps. Uh, you know, no one can. Sometimes I can't. It gives you stomach problems. True. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you feel like Douglas Adams. Mm-hmm. I just like. I love deadlines. I love watching pass by. I think yeah. it would depend on how Wait you do them. them. Yes. Right. They That's have to be achievable, to and you yeah. have to have real consequences that aren't too dire for not meeting them, or rewards, or rewards well. for meeting them. Yeah, but it's like I have a paper. It's due in two weeks. Uh, this is a fictional. I know it's due in two weeks, but I'll have writer's block till the night before it's due. Why do you say fictional when it's happened to me? I'm saying that that's happened to me too, but I don't currently have a paper. You know. Uh, but the point is, it, it needs yeah. to be something achievable. Maybe, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you give yourself a reward when it's finished, or there's some sort of punishment for not getting done. Contests are good for this. The contest deadline is X. NaNoWriMo, you have to get done by November. I was going to actually bring that up. Challenges. Yeah. Um, there's There are fandom Big Bang stories. Uh, they're not contests. They're, they're giant... Um, they have deadlines. What do you call them? Challenges. Whatever. Yeah. They're yeah. challenges. And basically you write this long story and there are all kinds of different challenges for all kinds of different things. Book uh, uh, critique groups are a good thing because you have to have it submitted in time. You have to have it reviewed in time. Writing gift stories on postcards is fun. And um, if someone's got a birthday coming up or whatever... You need to have it done by the birthday. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's and also important worse. to note that all of these strategies are options for our reading and writing public that are listening to the story, because not everything works for everyone. Yep. Right. I don't think everything works for anyone. <laughs> so, because I'm not one who responds well to deadlines. Yeah. So, it's like, I draw a picture, you honor a deadline, uh, you choose a writing prompt, everyone has a way to get their brain stirred. And sometimes the same thing will work or not work depending on where you are in your life too. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. And you know what I think on that note, I think that was a perfect ending mm-hmm. to this to this episode of Writer of Right Pack Radio. Radio. I'm sorry, I just I'm We're lost all writering it. today. Writering. So on that note, um, thank you for joining and tune in next week and have a great writing week. The Right Pack would like to thank STL Books for allowing us to record in their bookstore. STL Books and Gifts is St. Louis's newest independent bookstore with an emphasis on fine literature for adults and children and the most comprehensive selection of St. Louis books available anywhere. Visit them online at stlbooks.com or in person at 100 West Jefferson Avenue, Kirkwood, Missouri, 63122. Tune in next week as a right pack will conquer yet another pondering issue in the writing industry. Theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.